Hey friend, Michael McCurry here. Welcome to Bible Tract Echoes. Thank you once again for joining me. We're going to continue the message that was begun yesterday, a message I had the privilege of preaching here at camp. I spent a lot of my time during the summer doing my best to invest in the next generation. There, there's this brief period, this brief time when the baton can be passed. Think of track and field. Think of that runner coming around the last corner and how sad he would be if there were no runner in his lane for him to pass the baton to. And so that's what, what we're trying to do here. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to listen in all this week. We have the middle part of the message called Let Go and Let God. My thought for you today is this. Don't give up God's best for peanuts. You'll understand that more when you hear the illustration, but don't give up God's best for peanuts. Listen now to this message. I'll be honest with you, I poured my heart and soul into it. Don't listen because of that, but listen because God might have something to tell you today. There are some things that are too delicate to be held too firmly. And you know what many of you are doing in this precise moment, at this very moment, and earlier today and last night, as you were exhorted, rebuked at times, encouraged, all ready to give up what's in your hands, you know what some of you are doing? You're holding that tender potential that God's given you, thinking, I know what's best for what's in my hands. And I'm only going to let go of this when I want to. Instead of giving over to God what he asks for. Could I encourage you this evening to let go and let God? Do you really think he can't take care of what's in your hands? Do you really think he can't take care of that which is precious to you better than you can? I, I remember my, uh, my childhood, my um Children will probably always have this thought, and some it goes on longer than others. But there was a time when I was five or six or seven, my younger brother was maybe four, and the youngest one was two, and we'd roughhouse with my dad. And all three of us would want to arm wrestle him at the same time. You know, and he, he'd get there on the, on the dining room table or something, and we'd all grab on, and he'd play with us a little bit, and then half throw us across the table, across the room, just boom, and bruise our knuckles and prove the old man still got it, right? And, you know, when you're a child, there's a massive difference between the relative strength of you and your father. Did you know that there's a massive difference between the strength of your hands and the strengths of God's hands. There's a lot that the Bible says, but from A to Z, will you just follow along for just a moment? When you, when you don't understand the power difference, I want you to remember this. When you are about to quit, he reaches down as Abba, Father. When I forget to count my blessings and my hands start to blister and break from my burdens, I think about the blessed hope breaking through the clouds with an outstretched hand. When I'm crushed under circumstances, I remember the chief shepherd and his caring hands. When I I think I might as well die, the delivering hands show up. When I get emotional, the hand of El Shaddai, God Almighty, makes an appearance. When I'm nothing but a failure, his hands are always still faithful. When I get down and I give up, the gracious hands of God give relief. When the way gets hard and I'm hurting, his helping hand is right there. When I think it's impossible, the hand of I am shows up. When I judge myself for my past, the judge says, 
I don't remember them anymore. When I'm about to keel over, the king of kings is on his way. When my hands are limited, I remember he didn't even need his hands to say, let there be light. When I'm meek and lowly, he's mighty and powerful. When I'm not enough, I think about the name that is above every name in his nail-scarred hands. When it seems like I'm the only one serving God, our Father, he says, this looks like an opportunity for my glory. When I'm persecuted, there's a prince of peace. When I want to quit, the Bible says the very mountains quake at his presence. When I'm reeling, he's a refuge. When I'm satisfied, there's a shepherd. When I'm tired, he's timeless. When I'm under circumstances, the undisputed champion of the universe lifts his hands in victory. When I feel like a victim, I remember I've been grafted into the vine. When I'm weak, I remember his hand never wavers. When I'm overextended, almost expired and exhausted, the exalted, excellent hand of God is right on time. Your life may seem hard, but your heavenly father is reaching out his hand. And when you can't find your zeal, Remember, Zion is on the other shore. Are you doubting his hands? You've heard the illustration very likely, but I checked this because it sounded like one of those sermon illustrations that strayed a little bit far from real science. You ever heard, but you've never heard one of those before, I'm sure. Have you ever heard about how they catch monkeys in the jungle? They will drill a tiny, small hole in a coconut sometimes. And they'll empty out what's inside and use a stick or something to scrape out as much as they can in there, let it fall out, let it dry out a little bit. And then they'll put rice or peanuts down inside there, just empty them down in there. And then they'll leave them out, but they'll put, they'll drill through the other side and put a rope to connect that to a tree, that coconut. And they'll leave them scattered around the paths of the jungle and monkeys will come along, small little monkeys. And they'll smell the peanuts or the rice and realize there's an easy food source. And so they'll grab that coconut and they'll hold it. And the first thing they do is they want that. So they don't think, I need to dump this out. They just stick their hand down in there. The hole is just big enough for their hand to just barely squeeze. It's like trying to reach down in the couch cushions for when you lost the TV remote. You know what I'm talking about? You, see, here's the thing. You can't get the remote back out once you close your hand around it. And those monkeys can't get their hands back out when they close them around those peanuts because now their hand, it's only one peanut. But for a little monkey, it's just, but God forbid, I'm not letting go of this peanut. Nothing, and the hunter can literally walk right up to them and throw a net over them as they scramble to get away, all the while just holding on to coconut hands. You know why you don't make lasting decisions? Because you come to the altar, service after service, with coconut hands. You come up here, walking up here, you might as well have a large coconut strapped around your hand, and you just won't let go of that which God. You come here, you make a show, and you even write things down, but you won't let go of that which is really in your hand. And you plaster over it with, I need to be a better Christian. Or you give the, I need to read my Bible more. Yeah, all of us do. What's really the issue? We, we know that. 
We all, we could all write that decision down and all be more honest for it, okay? I need to write my, read my Bible more. I need to pray more. I need to be a better Christian. But let's get down to the root of the problem. See, God is so kind that he deals with the symptoms. He soothes hurt feelings and things. But he does such a great job of getting down and cutting to the quick. The problem is, you are literally, figuratively giving up what's best for you over figurative peanuts because you won't let go of what's in your hands. Will you let go and let God? Psalm 24 verse 3 says this, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. You know why so many of you can't get right? Peanuts. A monkey's life is ended and a Christian's life is ruined over peanuts. I heard a preacher tell the story. I recently had the opportunity to sit for just brief moments next to the, the final resting place of my grandmother-in-law, godly lady, Grandma Lena. My kids call her GG, Grandma Great, godly lady. She would routinely, no joke, no hyperbole, she'd routinely pray for three or four hours a day. Missionaries and pastors, she had a little card that she'd made, if you fill that out. I can't hardly remember pastors. I have to, I have to re-meet all of you every year at Common Ground, but she'd walk up to you and say, how's your boy doing, the wayward son? And you see te- preachers' eyes brim with tears because Lena had been praying for the prodigal. Three or four hours a day. I got to sit beside her. She's like an energizer bunny. She was on hospice for two years. But she finally, back in May, stepped over onto the Golden Shore. And it made me think of what a preacher said. He was sitting on his porch. He came out there because Grandma was sitting out there. She was sitting there rocking chair. It wasn't rocking, though. She was just sitting there, still. And she seemed to be staring at her hands. Her children... Grandchildren had begun to worry just a little bit about her mind slipping. Just a few things, misplaced things, and get, get a little bothered because she couldn't quite remember. And She wasn't forgetting names yet, but he was thinking, oh no, is it getting worse? And he just sat there for a few minutes. And finally it bothered him so much, he said, Grandma, what are you doing? She's just looking at her weathered hands. I'm just looking at my hands. And he said, I see that, Grandma. Why are you looking at your hands? She said, you know, 80 years ago, I held your father as a toddler with these hands. And before that, I picked a rose. I remember, I remember seven years old, I remember picking a rose from my mommy's garden with these hands. I got pricked on my finger right here. I remember that. And these hands... They've done so many things. And these are the hands, these are the hands that God Almighty is going to take me by when he calls me home. You'll trust him, supposedly, for eternity. You say, I know Christ, God Almighty, is taking me to heaven when I die. You can trust him for eternity but you can't trust him for the here and now. 
Friend, thank you so very much for listening in to this radio broadcast. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to tune in all this week, just a couple more days. We're at a little bit of a lull in the camp on this particular day, and so I slipped away for just a few more moments. Those watching on video can see the ball field behind me empty for just these few moments. It'll be full again very soon. But as I do my best, like Paul Levine did for so many years, to invest in young people, as I do my best to do so, I'm going to ask you to look for young people around you, but also be careful in what, I, what I'm preaching on all this week. Let go and let God. We're going to have another special guest at the close of this week of broadcast. You're not going to want to miss that. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. My prayer is that you have a great day for his glory, but make sure, make sure, my friend, that you let go and let God. Maybe one of these days I'll even see you at summer camp here having a wonderful time. Pray for us if you would. God bless. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.